What's up, champs? How's everybody doing? Ben's already laughing, but I'm going to keep going. My name is Elon Dubrovsky, and I am the guest host of this day's episode of Short Shifts. Ben, it is Thanksgiving, I guess, in America. I could tell because there's no hockey games tonight, which is a bummer, but I still get to talk hockey with you on Short Shifts. So how are you doing on this fine, fine, very fine Thursday evening? I'm doing good. I miss uh, Lewis and John. I'm very happy to hang out with you. Um, can I just say Columbus is a bitch? Is that? It? Can we start the episode that way? Because uh, that's, that's under- my first Thanksgiving uh, thought. Like, what are you referencing exactly? Like that? All the injuries that they they've suffered, or is there something else? <laughs> no, I meant Christopher. Oh, him. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I'm very big in the fantasy hockey. I thought you were talking about how, like, it Sucks for me that Patrick Laine has been hurt and then I lost Lorensky. And, like, yeah, I agree with you. I bet that it's going to be, like, a pretty pretty interesting divide in terms of who knows. Like, I bet most people think uh, what you thought. When they well, sure. I mean, it is a hockey podcast and not an American history. I did say Columbus <laughs> is a bitch, though. The form of that sentence is uh, is a little bit I just wasn't expecting was, it, but you're right. I yeah. guess it's uh, Thanksgiving and that it all ties together. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like I said, I don't care. I'm here in Toronto. No, Don't have hockey tonight. But like uh, again, I'm just repeating myself now. But Ben, why don't we just get into it? Because this is short shifts. I can't just like blab on forever. But I guess the plan actually for the episode was that I'm going to be presenting the player. So is there anything you want to say before I present my first player to you? Uh, yes. So basically, Lewis is out. We invited Elon on the show. Uh, as we were talking prep wise, I sort of suggested because it was just going to be me and Elon tonight, uh, that it was kind of a, a special guest situation, uh, pitched him on an idea where Elon, it's a, it's a all Elon selects short shifts. He is completely in charge. Curatorial, uh, duties have been shifted over to the Dubrovster. And uh, so I'm going to cede the reins for now, and uh, I look. I hope you can steer our ship. Uh, well, I, I trust that you can, Elon. I, I look forward to hearing how how this goes. All right, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, I, I don't love the nickname the Dubrovster. Kind of rhymes with imposter, which I don't love. The but du- uh, <laughs> what about the Dubrofessor? Uh, that okay there now we're getting somewhere but okay let's start I, I was just thinking i'm just gonna talk about a bunch of players that really caught my eye last night like wednesday night mm-hmm. like almost every team played it was a very mm-hmm. exciting night of hockey it was a very exciting night for my bench in the cupful all the players mm-hmm. who i benched had like super nights and i'll bring up some of them but one of the players i don't have on my bench i don't have on my roster anywhere and i wish i did is jason robertson let's just start there and i know you know what kind of fantasy advice can we give about jason robertson this like superstar scored two goals on wednesday versus chicago which followed his two goals versus Colorado, which followed his one goal versus the Islanders. It's very rare that Jason Robertson doesn't score a goal. He also took eight shots in this last game. Ho-hum, right? At this point, I don't know if people have realized, we are up to uh, second overall in league scoring for Jason Robertson. He's just shooting up the list. He has 31 points in 20 games. He's tied with Dreisaitl with 31. McDavid, not too far ahead with 35, right? So uh, we had some chatter in our Discord, the Keeping Carlson Patron Discord, about whether the person who has Kirill Kaprizov should make an offer for Jason Robertson. And like, it's very interesting, right? Because like Kaprizov was someone who we were talking about as like a top five, six pick in a lot of leagues going into this season. And so the person ended up saying that he was, you know, kind of too scared to make that offer. I'm, I'm curious, Ben, like how for real is Jason Robertson in terms of like, would you trade Kaprizov for him? And maybe in a bigger question, like let's say we're starting drafts for, let's, let's say you're starting a league now and you're drafting for the rest of the season, or if we're looking forward to drafts next year, are we looking at 
like Jason Robertson going where Kaprizov was going this year, where Pasternak goes, where Rantanen goes? Like, has he like made his way up into like the top seven or so valuable players in fantasy? Jason Robertson is the real deal. There's there's definitely no question. Um, 16 goals in 20 games, tied for first in the league with McDavid and Bo Horvat. And uh, he's shooting more than both McDavid and Horvat as well, averaging. Here's the other thing. Not only is he shooting more and scoring as much as Connor McDavid and Bo Horvat leading the league in goals, he's also playing five minutes per night less than both of those players. So the ceiling on Jason Robertson is absolutely insane. Like if the team decides, as they have recently, what if we gave Jason Robertson 20 minutes a night instead of 17 and a half, then he could be the guy. Like I think that he could finish you know, top five in league scoring. I think he could win the Art Ross. Um, you know, you look at the underlings, the on-ice rate stats are a touch high, but like barely. Like not in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, he's a, he's definitely going to regress. But no, he's, if you look in our league, the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League, uh, only behind McDavid and Pasternak in fantasy points per game among forwards. And I don't really see a reason to knock him much further down the list once it comes to the draft season. So for me, like, it's too early to dethrone any of that big four, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, and Matthews uh, from the preseason. But I'd say Robertson, for me, is in the conversation at five. I do have him ahead of Kaprizov. Uh, The other guys for me there are like Pasternak, Kucherov, and... Uh, maybe Matthew Kachuk is also in that conversation yeah, wow, as well yeah. at this point. So um, I I feel like, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with Jason Robertson. Yeah, so good for him. Uh, second round pick, 39th overall. Dallas got themselves a real steal there. Uh, but okay, let's move on from Dallas. Actually, no, one other player I wanted to ask about on Dallas while we're mm-hmm. here. On the flip side, you would think on a team with such an amazing superstar and like that whole first line, right? With Hintz and Pavelski also, they're crushing it. You know, you'd think the power... We saw Jamie Benn has been scoring all these goals that no one was <laughs> expecting. So you got to imagine the top power play quarterback defenseman that's this like high super pedigree prospect who's picked third overall that everyone loves Miro Haskin he's not even a prospect anymore 23 years old you'd think that he would be going bananas but no he is pointless now in his last four games uh, and I wonder why <laughs> I don't you know I mean like probably it's just a blip because before that he had 12 points in 13 games before this cold streak so is this just an obvious like eh, he's cold whatever overall his numbers still show him to be an amazing asset at this point or should we be a little bit concerned about Miro Heiskanen? I'm just curious to get your take on this current cold streak that he's gotten I think more or less Heiskanen is doing like on on aggregate what I expected or or what most people expected from him. If you drafted Miro Heiskanen, he's on pace for 58 points. I think that's pretty much what you were hoping for. Like, I saw a lot of people talking about Heiskanen as, like, a 50-point guy. Um, but, like, where you're getting him with the, uh, with the back-end stats, that's, like, the value. And there's some upside being built in. Um, and I, I think that that's more or less what we're seeing. Uh, on the season, like I said, uh, pacing for 60. If you didn't think that he was going to be at that range then you're probably looking at this last four game sample and thinking to yourself aha like it's all catching up to him but if you look at the underlings on the dallas power play yeah what you said at the beginning there elon they are very very good uh leading the league in expected goals for per 60 on the power play so currently haskinen is on pace for 28 power play points and i think that holds uh the question is if he can 
kind of drum up the 32 even strength points to hit the 60 uh, threshold. And I think probably he's a little bit below that. I think I would have Haskin in around 55 to 60 points uh, rest of the season. So like I said, yeah, on the, on the aggregate, I think that this is kind of evening out a bit of a, a, a bit of a too hot streak that he had earlier in the year. And if, if somebody's really freaking out after four games, then I guess uh, go lowball them for Heisken and, and, uh, and you'll probably be happy with that. Yeah, I feel like it's like impossible that he'll like completely fall off like this mm-hmm. very often just because of his spot and the lack of competition to take that spot. He plays big minutes on a high scoring team. So yeah. <laughs> it's going to all work out for him for sure. Totally. Uh, let's go now to another guy who was picked much higher than Jason Robertson in his draft. And that's Dylan Cousins over in Buffalo. Of course, like everyone's talking about Jeff Skinner and the crazy heater that he's been on lately. He scored. I'm talking about Skinner now. He scored two goals against St. Louis. He had two goals and three assists against Montreal. So anyone who has Skinner in their fantasy leagues, they basically won the week already. And it's like two days in. But uh, as far as his teammate, Dylan Cousins, this guy is only rostered in 11% of leagues on Yahoo. And he's really heated up lately. I think now might be one of your last chances to get this guy off the wire. Unless Ben's going to tell me that, you know, I'm out to lunch here and forget about this guy. But just to give you the context, four points in his last three games. He had six shots against St. Louis, four shots against Montreal, five shots against Toronto. Like those, I love to see these shot counts in increase uh he's been getting top power play i've been seeing in the last couple of games at even strength cousins is playing with jack quinn and jj paterka so a really fun line of high pedigree guys and yeah i just feel like cousins is someone that people should definitely have on their radar at this point especially because buffalo plays four times next week on three off nights so just another reason to grab cousins i guess the downside is this week they're gonna play friday on the busy day then they're done while there's a lot of people playing over the weekend but anyway Throwing it out there to you, Dylan Cousins, pretty exciting, right? Yeah, I think like this is a guy who should be showing up on uh, on the stream scheme heading into this weekend um, because I agree, definitely uh, the Sabers have a good schedule coming up, um, and Dylan Cousins has been looking pretty good on pace for sixty two points, and I do like the two and a half shots per game that he's put up so far this year. But the recent hot streak that you mentioned, Elon, includes two points on the power play. And I just wonder if he's going to be involved enough on that top unit just because uh, between Rasmus Dahlin, uh, Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Alex Tuck, it kind of feels like Dylan Cousins is likely to touch that puck the least of uh, of that group of five. So I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure that he holds up the 60-point pace unless he gets really involved on the on the top power play unit. But like I said, definitely okay streaming uh, at this point in time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, grab him and then we could reassess at the end of next week. But I have a few, if he sticks on that top power play, I think he's probably going to be worth a hold. Even if, like you say, Ben, he's like the the fourth wheel as far as the forwards go or the fifth wheel overall. I just can't see like, spot a, to be. like in that situation, I just feel like there's a there are probably a lot of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday weeks ahead for Dylan Cousins. And mm-hmm. if you get onto a week where like he's just going to be on your bench for a week, is he going to be so high above the threshold of of like replacement level that you feel like you can't drop him? Like that's, that's sort of where I where I see Dylan Cousins uh, heading is sort of in that in that gray area where like he's a above average guy that you can get off the waiver wire. But like you may not 
always be able to fit him in on busy weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he is center only. I mean, he's 11% rostered on Yahoo. So for someone in that range, like the upside is really high, but you're mm-hmm. right. Now he'll have to just continue on this run. Like another guy very similar to him is JG Pajot over yeah. on the Islanders, who also, <laughs> I hear the grunts. That's because your <laughs> opponent has him in couple. I believe... I believe that my opponent in the couple this week is a patron and pal of the show, Shane, who mm-hmm. I, I assume is listening. And Shane, your team is so annoying this week with with JG Peugeot and Dylan Cousins going off. You know what I mean, Elon? It's one of those weeks. Man, I mean, like, I know the pain of losing to Shane. I lost to him in my uh, Dynasty League last year in the finals. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. He, he knows how to build a team, okay? But uh, speaking of Peugeot, right. So Dylan Cousins, center only. Peugeot, also center only. And Peugeot is another guy who's now on the top power play, a newly minted PP1 player, which makes him pretty into me. He's been like one of these guys that you're speaking about Dave Benton's stream scheme. He's like been a friend of that show for years, right? Always like, you know, not good enough to hold forever, but also like at the top of the list for streamers just because he's so great for hits and he gets a lot of ice time. So and it used to be the Islanders didn't score much. So I was like, what were the chances? But now the Islanders seem to be a higher scoring team. And Peugeot is playing on a line. Like in the last game, it was with Parisi and Bailey before he was playing with Paul Mary for a bit but yeah i'm especially interested in the fact that he's on that pp1 with lee nelson barzal and noah dobson and he's like producing lately so he scored two goals in this game versus the oilers one of them was a power play goal five shots in that game uh before that he had a couple nights where he didn't uh, get any points but before that he you know had a goal in his versus nashville a goal versus ottawa you know so he's kind of on a run if you look at it overall this power play one thing is kind of new just like a couple weeks old so you know he he plays for this week, Friday, Saturday, and the next week, I believe it's like a Tuesday, Friday, Sunday kind of thing. So like two off day games next week, but you'll have to hold them all week to wait for that to happen. So maybe we could compare him to like a Cousins, two guys kind of going off on a top power play. Who's more int to you uh, between Peugeot and Cousins? I guess I'll take Peugeot over Cousins just because of, or like in a vacuum, I guess, if you, if we're able to like schedules aside, I would take Peugeot because I like the uh, peripherals. I guess because Cousins has the nice week next week, I'll, I'll lean Cousins. My issue with Peugeot mainly as I as I dug into it is that, yes, he scored three power play goals in the last five games, but he also scored those three goals on five shots on the power play in that, in that stretch. And I just, um, I don't see him continuing to be the trigger man on that unit however i mean he's playing with some strong players and like you said the islanders do look to be uh an offensively more gifted team than they have in previous years so i'm not saying i think i feel really similar to dylan cousins in terms Mm -hmm. of yes if this power play one deployment holds then i think that JG Pajot could hit a new plateau, like maybe a 50 point plateau, which with his peripherals makes him probably a, a very rosterable player in the cupful in deep leagues in even 12 team leagues that, that count peripherals. Um, so to me, Pajot is, is, you know, a hold right now, but one of those guys who, uh, if he loses the power play, which I don't really see a reason to think that he suddenly, like, listen, I'm not watching these Islanders games, so uh, I'm running the risk of uh, being attacked by the uh, the area of Long Island. But basically, like, unless he's in this spot where he is the singular guy who can score these three goals on the last five shots, which is hard for me to believe just based on the rest of his career, then it's hard for me to get, like, overexcited about Peugeot right now. 
Yeah, I think that's all very reasonable. I think we're on the same page here. We're talking about some mm-hmm. guys who are less than 20% rostered on Yahoo that mm-hmm. seem to be having an uptick now, have reasons to be interested in them. It's not just like a random hot streak from a nobody. These are guys that are now, you know, getting better deployment mm-hmm. and we'll and we'll see what they do. So we've got now a goalie to talk about and then a bunch of D that I want to throw at you who all had some good games. Oh, and an outry. Oh, we have a lot to get to and it's a short shift. So we're going to get to all of that in just a sec. You're listening <laughs> to short shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. <laughs> Once again, Elon Dubrovsky here with my good, uh, jolly friend, Ben Burnett. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I want to do a quick goalie talk here. Here's a goalie who I had on my bench in Kakupful. Oh, by the way, I also had uh, Peugeot on my bench in Kakupful. So just Oof. to talk about all the great... I'm losing, by the, by like, <laughs> I'm losing by 25 points in my matchup. Uh, and I had like 27 points bench just from Peugeot and this guy, Carol Vemelka, because I for some reason put in Martin Jones because I'm a big dum dum. Vemelka and the Coyotes went up against the Carolina Hurricanes. You would think that's a pretty tough opponent. Carolina is going to score. Some- you know what? Carolina tried their best. They took 36 shots and none of them got by Carol. Carol, you did it. What an amazing game for him. That's really starting to build to like a pretty great season for a guy who's supposed to be on a dumpster fire team that every start is a huge risk. And you know what? To be fair, his last couple starts weren't like so amazing. He led in four goals, but against Vegas, a really strong team, and it was on like 39 shots. He had a bit of a clunker against the Devils, but again, one of the other top teams in the league letting in four goals. Aside from that, Vemelka has been having tons of quality starts. He's up to a 916 save percentage in 13 games on the season in six wins. I don't know. Like, I don't think many people were expecting the Coyotes to win. Like, they just beat the Carolina Hurricanes by four goals. Imagine if you were, like, betting. And you know how you can bet on, like, the spread? And you could do, like, plus. You know, imagine if you bet, like, like uh, Arizona minus 3.5 against Carolina. You probably could have won, like, a million dollars on a $1 bet. Like, so, uh, anyway, this guy, <laughs> like, that was uh, such an amazing performance. And this is a guy, by the way, who's only 37% rostered on Yahoo. And, you know, talking to people, word on the street is people need goalies all the time. Someone on our Discord today was talking about how you just traded like like a superstar. I forget who it was. Like uh, someone really amazing to get Vasilevsky. I almost feel like before you go and trade someone great to get Vasilevsky check if carol vaymelka is still available because yeah. it's like this is a guy who's like still available for free in a ton of leagues. And this guy's free, especially if your league count saves. Good for him. Kudos. Kudos, Carol. You'll never be on my bench again. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Vemelka <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, Vemelka is very good. And the Arizona Coyotes seem like maybe not as bad as usual. Um, but I feel like a lot of what we're looking at, like if you go to Frozen Tools, uh, you'll see that Carol Vemelka has four and a half goals saved above average. Uh, 3.4 of those came just yesterday. So if you look back over the full season, it's a little bit, the, the point totals are a little less gaudy or the, the goal saved above average anyway. Um, so he did, I recall as well, have similar stretches last year where he was just unbelievably good. Um, and then he fell off because I presume the workload was too in, intense and uh being behind arizona 80 games or you know 60 games is just a lot for anyone so i think it's it's hard for me to get too excited about vemelka just because of the it's hard for me to adjust my expectations too much from you know we saw a longer stretch where he struggled despite having similar highs last year um but there are going to be weeks where he's like the fantasy mvp and the challenge is 
for for you, Elon, and, and everyone else who who benched him yesterday, the challenge is definitely figuring out which weeks are going to be the ones where he just goes ballistic. I mean, I'm at the point now, I've decided for myself, I'm just going to play him all the time. If he has a bad game, whatever, he has the opportunity to give me some like big week winning games if I don't blow it. Uh, one thing that's making it a little bit easier maybe to play goal for the Coyotes is these outjuries that you guys already talked about on Tuesday. But now we have a couple of days to discuss of data like Jacob Chikrin and Nick Schmaltz. Both are back. Chikrin, great game against Carolina. He only had an assist, but that was along with eight shots on goal, three hits and a block. So yeah, this like multi-category monster that we remember from a couple seasons ago coyotes i think smartly have put him on the top power play not like last year because now they're showcasing him they're gonna see what kind of crazy anytime you search for chikrin on twitter i think i've discussed this on a show like you can't i was like trying to get i have chikrin on my couple team and he was in my ir and i just wanted like injury updates like i'm just like searching on twitter like to find someone that's going to tell me one thing about how his you know wrist is healing but it was just like like just streams and streams of tweets of everyone speculating on who he's going to get traded for and like everyone is so curious and i'm i'm very curious myself now to see if and where he's gonna go but anyway he's great if you can get him well, i don't know like not much to say I, i'm really excited for him that he got back on the top power play that was one thing that i was wondering if it was going to happen and it did nice to see by the way gosses bear had himself a good game yesterday so like and also not bumped from the top power play they're just going 2d even like this guy jj moser who was on the top power play for a bit and was bumped off he still like has assists in three straight games like, a lot of fun in carolina and i guess he yeah, had to finish this story nick schmaltz also had himself a game he scored a goal and had six shots he also had five shots in his other return game so ah well fun team maybe maybe we got to go ben on a road trip sometime and go to one of these home games that are going to be coming up i think that'd be a lot of fun in that stadium we could stay with our pal jade's mom who uh lives okay. out in arizona so there we go that'd got a perfect. place to stay um <laughs> elon i i feel like i i'm i'm taken aback because of the excitement with which you describe some of the the players that i think are um the most mundane sounding possible like you you just rattled off jj moser like just like a household name and i just appreciate your enthusiasm Uh, even on our little uh, midweek show you you bring it every time he had seven blocks yesterday jj Mm -hmm. moser yeah Yeah, look at him all right there was a goalie you want since we're talking about goalies and vay melka you wanted to ask me about cal peterson what do you what's your question i asked you a question pre-show you uh, rudely told, directed me not to ask you and, and to wait. Uh, That's my brand now, is not answering people's questions when they message me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we get into whether or not uh, if I'm Team Brian or Team Elon after uh, uh, <laughs> if you want. I, no. I, is it, I just wanted to ask, or I guess I did ask, if you think it's interesting that Cal Peterson has started three of the last four for LA. Uh, I have Jonathan Quick on my team. I have asked you multiple times if I can drop him and you always say no, so so uh, now I'm curious what you think about uh, the LA Kings. Yeah, uh, it's it's such a shame because the Kings are like, they look like they're a good team. Like they could do something, but they're just getting sunk by goaltending. And Cal Peterson getting three stars in his last four games would be interesting if he wasn't like really bad. Like every time he comes in, I'm like, you know, like when he got that start versus the Rangers, and I was thinking, oh, that means he'll probably play Tuesday. And then he'll also probably play Sunday. So you can get, you know, and this is a tough week to stream skaters. So you could probably get two like goalie starts on what should be a good team. So I was thinking of streaming in Cal Peterson. Actually, in my league that I'm in with you, 
uh, John and I were actually thinking of streaming in Cal Peterson and dropping UPL, the one who uh, caused all this drama with Brian. And uh, the thing is, I was cooking dinner, and then by the time I was going to go make that move, because LA's game was a late game, so I thought I had plenty of time, but I forgot that Buffalo's game was an early game, and on Fantrax, you could at least drop someone who's started on like Yahoo, but if you drop someone whose game is started, then the move only takes effect the next day, which is great. I'm not complaining about that functionality, but it was like too late to drop uh, UPL for Cal Peterson, and it turned out that I'm happy that that happened because Peterson stunk again. He let in four goals on only 24 shots against the Rangers. UPL, by the way, Uko Pekka Lukunen had a good game yesterday for Buffalo. And yeah, maybe you can drop quick. Like, I don't know. Like, it's tough because before when I was saying no, it was because quick was a volume guy. So now Peterson's gotten some starts. But the fact yeah. that Peterson hasn't been able to handle it makes me think that they're probably just going to have to go back to quick. But the thing is, quick has stunk lately. So yep. maybe now it's a point where just neither of them are interesting. Yeah, I feel like the reason I wanted to drop quick when I did is because I knew there would be uh, I knew there would be times like this where just, yeah, sure, Jonathan Quick is the 1A, but like not in a way where they want to give him 60 starts this year or, or 50 starts, I, you know, 55. I, I think in general, they'd be happy if it if it worked out to like 48 and 36 or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, ratio is. Um, they'd I, be I'm, happy. I think to have Cal Peterson play like 65% of the games. Like that's yeah, why they signed him to no. that. Con- that's why they signed him to that contract. The problem is he's not doing yeah. well. So too bad. I have a question for you though, Elon, or okay. quiz, I guess I'm looking Ooh. at natural stat trick, the five on five save percentage. Uh, the LA Kings are in the bottom five as you, I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised. I'm wondering if you can guess any of the other teams that join them in the bottom five for even strength save percentage. Uh, this year. Even to, all right, who sucks here? Uh, I don't know. Anaheim jumps out at me as a team that hasn't gotten good goaltending. Uh, they're surprisingly in the top half of the top twenty. Yeah, they're about okay. twenty. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been keeping track of who's if they've been doing well at even strength or, or shorthanded, yeah, yeah. but okay, For interesting. Sure. Let's see here. I mean, Columbus, man, Mars Lickens was Num- yeah. number thirty-two. You nailed it. Okay, uh, so am I, am I trying to guess all of them? All right, let's see. I let's mean, see I'm just how seeing many... how many you can get like relatively quickly. Yeah. Okay, let's go with Vancouver. They were doing really badly for a while. No, they're uh, they're around where Anaheim is. I mean, okay. there's a big there's a big group of like mushy middle teams like that are all within a few percentage points of each other. You know what I mean? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just tell you though the uh, the other two that I think are very gettable are the the Sharks and the Canadians. Uh, that along with Columbus, that's the bottom three. Then it's the Kings, number five, and number six. I'll tell you is the Arizona Coyotes, who we just discussed. Number five, though, the Calgary Flames, which is uh, that hmm. might be the saddest team to see there in terms of goaltending, uh, letting down the the team in front of them. I mean, it's pretty crazy because I thought Calgary was going to be even stronger defensively than exactly. last year because yeah. they got Uyghur. Well, they're Didn't... really good. They're, they are very good defensively. They're one of the better teams defensively in the league, mm-hmm. but they aren't getting goaltending. But hey, recently they're doing better, right? They've won four of their last six after this like crazy losing streak that they were on. So maybe things are starting to turn around for the Flames. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, go, yeah. Flames. All right, let's go to an outjury, okay? I wanted to go to Washington. Uh, TJ Oshi finally returned from what was ailing him. He got right to the top power play. He got right to a line with Kuznetsov and Sonny Milano because, of course, Sonny Milano is a top six player on Washington. Everyone knows that. Uh, TJ Oshi, though, nice return game, right? Two assists, including one on the power play. Three shots. He's normally not a big shooter. Seven hits. So a J.J. Moser, oh no, J.J. Moser was seven blocks. <laughs> uh, who was the one that I would say, oh, was it Peugeot that had a lot of hits? I don't know. Some people get a lot of hits. T.J. Oshie is one of them. Anyway, 
Uh, he's someone who I was able to grab for free in our joint league, the same one we were just talking about with uh, the whole Cal Peterson and UPL situation. He was in IR, and we, we have it set up in this very friendly way where you can just add a player from IR directly to your IR. Or I, should I say, like you could add someone directly from free agency to your IR if they're injury eligible. Unlike in Cupful, we have it set, which I think is the more proper way where you have to Yeah, I didn't someone. know this was the case. I'm, I'm thinking I got to go turn that off yeah you could go turn that off now because i already got tj oshi in my ir i'm gonna have yeah, to we're gonna drop, drop someone. oshi for you yeah <laughs> um anyways i don't know if he's available in your leagues obviously you're not gonna be able to just bring him to your ir anymore because he is clearly healthy but he still is only rostered in 32 percent of leagues and he's just someone that is not like gonna you know burn the place to the ground i don't know what that's not the right saying i'm gonna blow the doors off the place i think is what the idiom i was going for but he's a very solid player that he's always been rostered in all of my fantasy leagues i think ever since i started playing so uh if he's out there i think you should go get him was he was he not a drop last year i feel like he was a, a guy who got dropped last year I, I would like to go back and see and in couple tier one which you were in with me was he mm-hmm. someone who was available in free agency throughout the season we'd have to go back and see the see the stats there yeah well i mean he did get hurt um, right yeah, looks like he averaged 3.81 couple points per game last year, which is a little mm-hmm. that's right on the cusp for me. It's like yep. someone that's like going to be at the top of my free agency uh or like someone that I'm rostering. So yeah, I guess it was a bit of a- I think it's like a, what we talked about with Dylan Cousins where it's like a player who you can definitely stream when a good schedule is coming up, you're going to have him. You're he's going to be one of the first people to to get added in for that schedule, but not somebody who when you're not able to get him in for a week or two uh of busy nights that you need to keep. Right. Um, and when I look at TJ Oshie prior to the injury and now there's no change in deployment, um, I don't really see any reason to think he's suddenly good. He was on pace for 46 points before last night's game. That's completely in line with his pace last year. I'm happy to see him back because when he was announced to be out indefinitely a month ago, it felt really ominous. I don't know why it felt like we wouldn't see him again this year, but it seemed like they were just like, it was bye-bye for TJ Oshie, and I'm happy to hear that he's back. And uh, I've always liked TJ Oshie since uh, since after that Cup win. He gave a great interview after the, the Caps won the Cup in 2019. Loved it. Um, what did he say? Yeah. Uh, he was shouting out his dad, who had oh. recently uh, gotten sick. Um, and uh, yeah, so TJ Oshie, not somebody I'm super excited for in fantasy. But yeah, if the schedule is good. And I believe Washington has a... Uh, an off night game or two early next week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, All the more reason. Get on the Oshi train. I guess case, I guess like yeah. yeah, streamable, but I'm not I don't I'm not very excited about Washington in general until No, I'm wrong. They have a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So yeah, um I'm not that excited about TJ Oshi, unfortunately. Okay, very fair. Uh, let's end the show over in Minnesota where we had some drama, right? Because Kalen Addison, a guy who we were all so excited about at the start of the year when we saw that he was going to be on the top power play instead of Jared Spurgeon, then he like got on that top power play and then he had a big game early on. I think it was like a three-point game and everyone was like rushing to add him. I think there was a whole thing on short chess where Lewis had dropped him uh, impatiently right before that good game. Then Lewis was like, oh, I guess I waited too long. Anyway, since then, he was doing nothing, even though he was on that top power power play lewis did end up dropping him. he's actually still a free agent in a couple tier ones i'm very excited to get your advice here uh before my competitors hear it uh but like now then recently anyways going into yesterday he was supposed to be a healthy scratch they announced that alex goligoski we saw in practice goligoski was going to play on the top power play instead of addison oh yeah you guys talked about this on short shifts on tuesday uh then jonas brodeen was sick 
so he couldn't play. So then Kalen Addison got back into the lineup, got back to the top power play, and had himself a game. He played 17 minutes. He had a goal and an assist. Now, I don't know. Is this just like a blip and like still I should leave him in free agency and we should all just forget about him? Or now is it like maybe, you know, sometimes the coach is trying to teach the player a lesson and scratch and Maybe you don't actually need to have the player scratched officially. Just the, the threat that he was going to get scratched lit a fire under him. And maybe now Kalen Addison should go back to what we thought of him at the start of the year. Or is this, yeah, just a blip? What are your thoughts? And obviously, there's no way to predict. I'm just curious to get your gut feeling here. I have many thoughts on Kalen Addison. All right. Um, I'm going to start. First of all, I dropped him on Monday, or I guess I dropped him on Sunday for a streamer at the end of last week. Um, And I don't, I didn't feel bad about it. Uh, I held on to him longer than most. And I generally feel like um, in a league like, like a cup full of points league where you don't get extra points for rostering peripheral heavy players. This early in the season, especially now that I'm not in tier one, which carries this like intensity to it, uh, the the roster churn is so intense that you really do feel like you have to maximize every point. Um, I feel like I don't mind holding a a Kalen Addison type who's not going to like light the world on fire as my number four defenseman. I'm giving up, you know, like a point uh, a game or so on average to to not roster like the Jacob Slavens of the world instead. Um I will I will ask you this, Elon. Do you know uh do you know what what Lewis did in order to get Kalen Addison back on his lineup after he dropped him? Uh no, I mean I don't I don't my I'm not up to speed on my Lewis Ezekiel couple transaction history. Well, I mean you're you are in his in his division. That's why that's why I thought you may. But uh and this is the test. If Lewis is listening, we will we'll hear about this part when I uh when he responds to this episode. But uh yeah, he traded Jeff Skinner for Kalen Addison um shortly after he dropped him after the the three point outburst. Uh, oh, no. so not a, not a fun, <laughs> not a fun player, uh, in, in Lewis's recent history. Um, yikes. I will say, uh, I talked the other night about how Addison sitting could be, you know, the coach doing the old, let's kick him into gear, give him that healthy mm-hmm. scratch maneuver. Um, and I think it's really funny to think of like, uh, he didn't even miss a game, but the idea of being like, ah, oh, the redemption narrative, like he almost missed this game and it really kicked him into gear. It's hard for me to, you know, to see sort of what has changed for Kalen Addison in order to uh, raise him to a new level. So, no, for me, nothing has changed personally. Uh, I rewatched some of the highlights from the other night or last night. Uh, the power play assist, he was given the puck as the rest of the forwards set up. He gave it back to Kaprizov, who found, um, I can't recall who, who fired the puck in from the other end, but great pass from Kaprizov, great goal for the Wild. And uh, yeah, I, I think if Kalen Addison wasn't really factoring in on goals on the power play earlier in the season, this wasn't the type, like, and I've seen some great Kalen Addison plays uh, earlier in the year, but I, I think... It's unlikely. I think that he's sort of the uh, one of those power play defensemen who just isn't going to be a huge part of the uh, the distribution process. He's not going to touch the puck much. So I don't think he's a, a must grab for you in, in tier one, Elon. Yeah, I think I am with you there. You think back to Spurgeon last year was on the top power play, but still didn't get too many power play points. By the way, that player who scored that power play goal at the end of the game was Matt Boldy, who Mm. we talked about on the last uh, mega show of keeping Carlson as someone on a big cold streak. So he busted out of that with that one goal, two assists in the blowout over Winnipeg. 
Uh, so if you still have them, I think now's a good time to sell maybe because I'm still just as nervous about them as I was before. It just seems like Winnipeg just totally fell apart. Though, hey, being on the top power play, and I think Boldy is obviously more likely to get those power play points than Addison. All right, Ben, I guess, I, you know, before the ad break, I feel like we were on track to have a good, solid short shift. But now it seems like we have actually veered into a long shift. I apologize, but hopefully everyone enjoyed the show. Ben, it was so great talking to you. Why don't you tell everyone where they can follow all of your great work? Mm, because I prepared for this moment and have that information. Direct. I mean, what is it? You have a Twitter. Just say your Twitter handle. Come on. That's Our easy. Twitter is at shortchipskk. You should follow the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Keeping Carlson, I assume. That'll, that'll work. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then follow all of our besties on social media. Also, come hang out with us in the Discord. And uh, remember to play smart and keep your shifts short. 